welcome back to Sunday Glow. My name is Christine. And I'm Jocelyn. No, you're not. You have to tell me your real name. Jocelyn Lancaster. No, no, your mama name. Oh, Mama J. <laughs> this is my mom. Everyone calls her Mama J. This week, we are going to take the podcast in a little bit of a different direction. And I'm going to introduce you guys to my mom, who her name is Jocelyn, but everyone calls her Mama J. So you guys can call her that as well. And today we're going to chat about the five things that my mom wishes she did in her 20s. Um, so first, to start us off, do you want to give us kind of an introduction to like, I think telling us how you grew up and like a little bit about your childhood would give a good insight to why you wish you did these certain things in your 20s. So, Well, I'm 60 years old this year. I, uh, I'm in the car industry. I work in the men's world and I absolutely, absolutely love what I do. I work a lot of hours, which is about uh, between 70 to 80 hours a week, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess I'm, because I am the only female manager in my store, everybody calls me as a mom. That's where I got the name Mama J. Um, Christine told me that I needed to tell you guys five things that I wish I did in my 20s. Um, I grew up in the Philippines came to the United States uh, in my high school years and went to school here in America, in Florida actually, and then just somehow got myself into banking. And uh, from there, I kind of got interested in the car business uh, only because I was introduced to it through a friend. And uh, from there... I took my banking experience and continued it on to the finance side of the car dealership. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And that's the one advice I will tell you guys. Do something you love. Don't worry about the money. The money will come. Just make sure you do something you love. Because at the end of the day, you need to be happy that you've done something for the day. That's true. Yeah. She've always told me, she doesn't care if I flip burgers at McDonald's or I become a doctor. She just wants me to be happy, and that's what she ingrained in my brother and I. So it's all the life, all of the life lessons are now coming up to us, and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is what mom said growing up. So it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, so I guess should we, should we start it off with some of the things that you – did in your 20s that you or should we end with that I don't know well let's just start off with some of the things that I wish I had known or I had done during the time that um, I was I should have done when I was in my 20s I guess my biggest thing is that I should have learned how to get rid of toxic friends friendship was very very big around my 20s it's all about where you meet some friends, group of friends, and you go out with and you hang out with. But because you're trying to hang on to that friendship for so long, sometimes you don't realize how toxic they can be. It takes a few years and life happenings for you to realize that, hey, maybe that person is not really good for you. And sometimes at that point, you it becomes so late that... It takes almost 10 years to realize that, oh my gosh, you know, that person did nothing but leech off of me or um, 
really used me or something. But in every way, in every part of that friendship, you still have to find the positive in that friendship. And sometimes, even though it may be a toxic situation, the positive of that would be to take a look at it and see how you learn so that in the future you don't end up with toxic friends. Um, I guess another thing about carrying on to that toxic friend concept is the t getting out of a toxic relationship. Um, I'm a Filipino. I was born in the Philippines and um, divorces are not uh, recognized, especially if initiated by the women. And I literally did that. <laughs> so I married another Filipino. That was my first husband. And um, everything was going along fine. And I was supposed to be very submissive, you know, in, in a sense that in, in the Filipino culture, the man leads the life uh, all around, financially, socially, in any way, shape, or form. Well, with me being the least shy person in the world <laughs> uh, I'm only shy when I'm sleeping um, this is very true <laughs> I, I could not just sit tight I, I'm one of those people that if you tell me um, you shouldn't cross the street I will cross the street I will find out what's on the other side of that street um, so that was totally against the, the culture customs um, so what I did I woke up one day and I realized that, oh my God, I don't want to be married to this guy forever because I'm not getting anywhere in life. And I couldn't see myself growing old in a wheel, in, in a rocking chair with this guy. And so on my, I planned my divorce. It was, it was really hard at first because I literally moved my, I had myself already moved out mentally but yet I had to physically move and I actually initiated the entire divorce. And um, that was unheard of and that was not acceptable in my culture. Also, my mom was married to someone who was like in her friend group. So like in the Filipino community in Tampa, which is where she lived, they're all very tight knit. It's like a one little community and there's probably like what is it, like five to ten friends in this yeah. one gr group, and my mom was married to one of the other guys who was another friend in the group, so the fact that you were able to do that and then move to another city, like, that's just, like, Yeah, insane. I literally, um, on, on my 10th year anniversary, he was served. I had already, a month before that, I moved out and uh, got my own apartment without him knowing. Um, I literally just left one day, about a month before, and moved into an apartment. I had gotten my own lease, which is unheard of, um, because everything has always been in his name. I had no credit. I had, you know, uh, I, I somehow was able to, every day, um, for a few days, I was picking up my clothes, boxes by boxes, without him knowing that I actually took everything. Did he not um, notice? No, he never noticed it. And um, What did he do for his work? Uh, he was an engineer, oh. and I um, started taking years before I started taking part of my check and putting it aside and hiding it in a little box because I couldn't put it in my uh, an account because we had a joint account, so I would just cash money and put it in there, and 
I basically created my own savings account so that I could get an apartment eventually and, you not know, have not have to tell him. Yeah. Um, and then um, the night uh, before he was being served, I told him I wanted to go to dinner and we went to a restaurant and I literally said, here are the keys to the house, here's the keys to the car, here's the keys to our rental properties and everything. And I said, and uh, here's a list of all the accounts, here's the list of all the assets that we had and the liabilities. And and I turned around and I said, I'm gone. And uh, he's like, what? And I said, yeah, I'm gone, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I, I, I can't live under this rules and under this this standards and I want to move on and um, back then you guys we didn't have internet and I had already bought a newspaper a regular newspaper <laughs> and I sent out I don't know over 200 resumes all over the country because I wanted to get a job I wanted to get out of Tampa I wanted to make it on my own and lo and behold, one company called me up and said, you know, we'd like you to be a finance manager for a car dealership. And I said, I don't know what that is, but okay, I'll take it. So the gentleman flew me to, after I'd already gotten divorced, I mean, I finalized my move. Um, I came to Georgia and um, interviewed for the position and got the position and... Uh, literally told my boss, <laughs> it was so funny because I told my boss, I said, okay, now that you're giving me this job, now you got to wait till I finalize my divorce, which was going to take another six months. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, I, I needed someone now. And I said, well, that's too bad. I'm not ready yet. So I don't know what got into me, but I had this fire in me that I wanted to be away from Tampa. I wanted to start my own life and I wanted to make it on my own. And How good old, old were you? I was uh, 26, something mm -hmm. like that, you know. It's the first time moving away from home. Moving away from the, the whole community, the whole home, everything. And it was funny, too, because when I told, uh, let me backtrack, when I told my parents I was going to oh, yeah. divorce my my ex, at the you know, soon-to-be ex at the time, my dad, who's um, American, he's my stepdad, he literally pulled out a checkbook and said, how much will it take for you to stay? And I went, what? He goes, how much would it take for you to stay? And I said, what do you mean? Is it money? Is it this? Do you need anything? I mean, is he is he uh, beating you up or anything? I said, no, he's not beating me up. He's not touching me. He's not, you know. Uh, yeah, I was going through some emotional um, abuse, but I felt like... I just needed something different, something new, something outside of St. Petersburg, Florida, something outside of Tampa. I wanted to grow and I couldn't grow. And I felt like, you know, banking wasn't it for me. I wanted something more. So I told my dad, I said, I'm leaving. He goes, going to where? And I said, I'm going to Georgia. He goes, what the hell is in Georgia? And I said, well, I'm going to work for a car dealership. And he says, doing what? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to be a finance manager. He looks at me and he goes, sweetheart, you've never worked that kind of job before. I said, so I'll learn. And it was a learning process. It took me a good year and a half to really, really master what I do. And the day I got there, I was so excited. And when I started that job and I learned 
everything I can. I didn't care if it meant just, you know, walking by and knowing how to clean the trash that the cleaning people forgot. I mean, every job, I did it in everything. I wanted to learn everything, every aspect of every job. I um, And that's the one thing I will tell you guys, 20-year-olds. When somebody gives you a job, take it. Take every single task they give you and ask for more because there's one thing you will never, ever forget is the stuff that you did. And those are lines on your resume that you will always have and no one will ever take that away from you. Most often today, you kids, not that it's bad, but it's your jobs are defined. If you're an accountant, you do something, you do this project, you do this thing, that's all you do. And then you stop and then you wait for the next task. No, ask for more. Ask for more. I guess that's why they call me the Mama J over at my dealership now because it doesn't matter what the situation, doesn't matter if it's my deal or not my deal, I still work on it. I solve it, I take care of it, I finish it to the end. But when I go to the next job someday, I can say, hey, I know how to do that. I fixed that kind of problem before. I know how to resolve that issue. Yeah, and people know you as that person who's as willing that, to take on anything. Exactly. You know, it, that goes I, a long way. I may not get credit for it today, but trust me, it will credit me later when I can perform that same task in another job, another dealership, and I'll get paid for it. Um, be more aggressive. I wish I was a little more aggressive. That's, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> well, no. I think you just wanted a pen, independence at the time. At the time, it was just independence. I didn't yeah. think I was really, uh, being aggressive. Um, I just need you guys to be more aggressive. Take chances. Take chances all day long. In what ways? Well, in, in making decisions in your work, in your, uh, friends lives you know friendship lives um, in your relationships think outside the box you know um, you guys are lucky you have the internet you can google anything good god you can you can <laughs> google should I get rid of this guy or should I not get rid of this guy or <laughs> how should I go on this date or that sort of thing what what is the result you can you can literally go into google and ask what you know what what is the meaning of this no call, phone call from this guy because he took me out on a date you know i mean just a you, random very like specific random things you can look up yeah, on the internet yeah we can't look we didn't have that where did we, you go to we didn't oh. <laughs> we just took chance i just took chances i didn't care i just took chances and step outside the box don't do things because you want to be able to post things online or because you you think it would be you would get 50,000 likes or something like that on your Instagram or Facebook or whatever do it because you want to do it because you feel like you believe in something if you're willing to put your name on something and or your it, reputation on something then do it there's not no right or wrong the one thing that school teaches us is to never ever ever cross authority like teachers and bosses and stuff like my that my mom does not know that i don't know that she always says rules were made to be broken that's right <laughs> in your case around 20 year olds yeah rules should just be bent 
it's always easier to ask for forgiveness. Oh, and <laughs> oh my gosh, mom. <laughs> I know, but it's it's okay. I mean, I know. If, I mean, twenties are the time for you to screw up a lot, and then it be is. okay by the time you get to your thirties. Exactly. So in your twenties, if you screw up because you tried something different, if your boss gives you a job to do and you turn around and do it another way, who knows? That could be the right way. You know, and you're never, never too old to learn. I'm 60 years old. I learned something new today at work that I didn't know how to do. But, you know, it's okay. It's all right. You 20-year-olds need to find some sort of a, I guess you call it a mentor, where you can attach yourself to someone that you work with or or uh, hang out with and and... Don't be afraid to ask questions because if you don't ask, you'll never know. You know, I literally walked up to my boss today who's 20 years younger than me. He's 32. And he said, I said to him, sir, I don't know how to do this. And he looked at me and he goes, Mama Jay, how could you not know how to? I said, I don't. I really don't know how to do this. So together we sat down, we analyzed it, we figured it out. Boof, we had the answer. And that's why I said I learned something new today. I had no idea how to do it. I was I was dumbfounded, literally. And at the end of the day, we solved the problem. Customer was happy, and he left. He bought the car and left. Um, another thing, too, that you need to, I wish I had done, is that I wish I learned a second language. I mean, mm. Filipino is a second language to me. Yeah, so you have two languages. No, but you see, I wish I had learned Spanish or French. Really? Oh, God. If I knew how to speak Spanish right now, which I'm thinking of doing, I'm actually going to, I was going to tell you about this, but I was going to go get the Rosetta Stone and actually learn it, which I don't know when because I'm always working, but yeah. I'm actually going to take the time. I'm I mean, gonna Spanish force... is pretty close to Filipino. Exactly. But I'm going to, I'm going to force myself to learn it because it is probably the national language in almost all the industries. And just to have an understanding of it is more important than um, actually knowing how to speak it. It's nice to know what people are saying around you that speaks it. And it's just, it's there. Every, we have no choice. We have to learn Spanish because everyone else is speaking Spanish around us. And there's no reason why you kids couldn't learn it as much easier now that we have the internet than us older people who takes, you know, a little bit longer in everything we do. Um, what else can I tell you? Let's see. Don't be so hard on yourself, you know? That was, yeah. I was very, very hard on myself when I was in my 20s. I probably get that from you then. I know, I know. I, I, people would say, oh my God, you did such a great job. Oh, you did this, oh, you did that. You broke this record. You And I would look at him and I'd say, I did? And I'm like, do you not know? And I'm like, because I'm so busy thinking that I don't know anything that I shadowed myself or, or, or looked at myself by saying, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just me. And um, if I had the attitude to what I have today as an attitude, if I had that when I was 20, holy shit, <laughs> watch out world, because I would I would have been incredibly you know uh, good at what I do but I am good at what I do now but it's taken about 10 years for me to realize that I am the best at what I do 
And I feel like I'm the best at what I do only because I feel it inside me. Now, it may not be perceived by other people, but I really couldn't care less. I'm 60 years old. I do what I want to do. I um, I protect the house, which is my dealership. That's in your job. You have to protect your company, your house. And as long as you do it in the right, honest way and be, be truthful to people, then there's no reason for you to worry. Um, I don't lie. I hate liars. Uh, I catch liars. Christine can never lie to me. I literally <laughs> cannot. I usually just start crying. <laughs> yeah, she pulls the tears on me and I, I it doesn't work. <laughs> it works on her dad, but not on me yeah. at all. I, um, I can always tell when somebody's lying and um, I normally catch them when they're lying. Uh, and that's probably because I try not to um, um, show others uh, that I know that they're lying, but I do catch them at the end of the day. I will catch them lying about something because... You should have been a lawyer. I, I, you know, I thought about that, but your grandfather always said no. Oh. Um, my dad truly, my stepdad truly believed that I could never be a lawyer because I'm Asian and I'm a woman and it's a very hard field and so I never even I mean, tried look at what it. you're doing now the hours I know. that you work are probably close to what a lawyer does so. I know I know but and I hate reading though so oh. <laughs> I would never survive that <laughs> because I normally don't read directions I just jump to the result before I get to the directions that's funny um, it was funny because when my grand my grandmother which is your great grandma mm -hmm. um, was teaching me how to sew uh, she wanted me to read a pattern. You know, back then we had paper patterns, and you're supposed to read it to know what to connect first to the sleeve, to the body, to the neck, you know, the collar and all that stuff when you're sewing. There's a format on how you follow step one, two, three, four. They have these gigantic numbers on these tissue, tissue patterns, and you're supposed to follow that pattern. Well, I only sewed to what pa the pattern that I wanted to, do I didn't want to follow the instructions and and then the next thing you know I have the sleeve backwards the collars backwards and, and it's I mean it's a total disaster so I'm not one to follow directions however if I know the results at the end then I can go back which is probably harder but I go <laughs> yeah. back and I say okay that makes sense this way let me do it this way so I don't know I just I just like doing things my way because I look at it to be, I look at situations to benefit the overall life, mm -hmm. not just the result. In other words, whenever you make a purchase, don't purchase something because everybody else is wearing it or everybody else has it. Look at things, Christine. <laughs> when you buy things, make sure you look at something and say, what what is this going to do for me and how long am I planning on keeping it? Because if you're planning on keeping it for a long time and you buy something that's a classic, then it's okay to spend a little more money on it. This is what I've been doing lately. Exactly. And but you didn't used to be no, like that. I, like freshman no. Freshman and sophomore year, I would shop at like fast fashion kind of places where things were cheap, quality was not that great, and I would end up buying something. It was a fad. Yeah, it was a fad. Like yeah. a lot of trend things. But now that I'm like going into the workforce soon, I've been buying a lot of like classic pieces. Which you don't have to have 25,000 of it. I know. You just need one. 
you know, and therefore you can use that over and over, and it's a classic. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like when you wanted your hair. Uh, what was that ombre. thing? Ombre. Holy shit, she wouldn't stop. Mommy, I gotta have an ombre. Mommy, I gotta have I an ombre. I was in middle school, by oh, the whatever. way. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so she wanted this, and I kept saying her, no, honey, that's gonna ruin your hair. That's gonna ruin, oh, but everybody has it. Everybody, no, no, no. And she thought I was the biggest bitch for saying no to her <laughs> she hated me for all those things that oh no 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 i can say no she let me have the feather in my hair oh yeah she that because that one it doesn't like damage your hair right she just attached a damn thing that's all <laughs> And I, so, I have a middle school picture with a feather a green feather remember it was like lime yes. green feather in my hair it was oh. embarrassing now that i look back at it <laughs> yeah she had to have something in her hair because everybody else did so, but I'm so glad that finally, you know, even though she's persistent, that, you know, it's it's one of those things where I said, no, 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 no. And she finally listened. And now she says, you know, I'm so glad I never dyed my hair. I'm so glad I never did this. I never did highlights. I never did that, you know. So to me, that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think saying no, listen to your parents or listen to your mentors <laughs> Whoever they may be, they don't even have to be your parents. You know, that's the one thing you have to understand. You don't have to listen just to your parents. You could be listening to your boss. You could be listening to your Mama J. Yeah, or your work, co-worker. Grab information from them, you know, because sometimes... Your life is totally different from their life, but they may have experienced it already that you didn't know about. Yeah. Okay? I'm not a huge religious person. However, let me tell you something and make sure you guys remember this. God will never put anything in front of you unless you can handle it. Never. Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. Because there are times, were times, where I am presented the situation, and I swear to God, I could not solve it. I would sit and cry all night, and then I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? How am I going to solve this? How am I going to come up with this? How do I come up with the end result of this? And then out of nowhere, I sit back, and I close my eyes, and I think, wait a minute. I remember this. This happened to so-and-so. I was just listening on her issues one time. Oh, my God. Let me see if I can solve it this way. And lo and behold, I'll solve it in a couple days or, you know, 24 hours, whatever it may be. But you're going to be given a situation where it seems impossible. Christine used to come home from school and says, Mom, I can't figure this damn problem in school. This homework, this teacher is so difficult. Oh, my God, I just can't seem to pass it. Blah, 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 about this class and everything. And I used to come up to her. Is that how I sounded in your head? Yes, that's how you sound in my head. Wow. So I used to say to her, honey, this teacher will not give you a problem that you cannot solve. Just remember that. Look through it again. Go through it again. She was not the parent that gave me the answer. She was the one who gave me a motivational quote and said, God would not put anything in front of you unless he knew that you could handle it. That's right. And Or I tell you, go back and look for the answer. You will find it. Because these teachers don't just, you know, pull questions out of their ass to, to, to stump you or to make you fall. 
you know, sadly, there are some that do that. But still, the idea is that you guys are so lucky. You have the internet for everything. Mm -hmm. Again, be friends with Google. Find out <laughs> everything about what you need to know. Uh, and of course, the one thing that I've always, and you touched upon this earlier, is that reputation. Reputation is so, so freaking important. You you cannot imagine how important that is. And I didn't realize that till now. Um, I always, always kept a good reputation. And when I left the industry, I came back into it 15 years later. So you moved to Atlanta to start your new job after leaving your husband in, tw in when you were 26, okay? And you decided you wanted independence. At what point did you decide, like, when is it ready to get back into the dating game? Like, you were 26 at the time. Did you ever get worried about, like, when you were going to have kids or anything like that? Because, like, you were approaching kind of, like, the end of your 20s. Well, I really didn't... At the time that when I moved here, my goal was to just um, make as much money as I can and, and do really well in, my, in the industry I was in. So you're very career-focused. Yeah, and, and that's a bad thing. You guys need to have a life. But do you regret being so career-oriented yes, throughout Yes, that's life? what I mean. You need, to, you need to have a life. You mm -hmm. Don't be so workaholic. Like, kind of like... You know, um, kind of like when I first started working, remember? What was I doing? I crashed every day that I came home. I mean, today is Saturday, and she got home at like 9.30 p.m., and that's early for a Saturday, which I think is crazy. No, I mean, to, to, I mean but I, and if I you was love there since 7.30 this morning. Yeah, I mean, if you love what you do, you really do have to love what you do, or you're kind of screwed. Yeah, and... and you you have to really it, there's so how did you balance that with like finding new relationships in your late twenties? Well, I I I don't know how it happened, but it well, just honestly because you met my dad at a car dealer. Well, yeah, I mean, so that, maybe you didn't really balance it. it I didn't really balance, and then you know I I um I don't know I it just happened, and and um I think that. So you, you focus you, on the career and let the other parts fall into place. Yeah, it just fell into place. It was, it was difficult, at first, um, to to manage life, especially when you guys were born. Um, I made nannies raise you half the time, mm -hmm. um, but I shouldn't have done that. I wish I had spent more time with you. Um, thank goodness I was I was blessed with you two turning out to be the way you did the way you turned out. Uh, I am proud of very 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 proud of both of you. Um, I don't even know how and <laughs> how you turned out the way you did. <laughs> I, I, Honestly, I don't either. I don't. I really don't. But because I think both of, both I, of us have very different parents. You know what I mean? Well, I I think that what what made it really work was because. When we were together, or when we're together, we're like we're more like brothers and sisters as opposed <laughs> to parents and and um, children. Um, I I act too crazy to be a mom, but you guys treat me like as if I'm one of the I'm one of you when you were growing up. You know you 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 didn't take me as a 
mom that's unapproachable. Yeah. You you let me know what's bothering you, what's not bothering you. And that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. So we were very open as kids. Yeah, we we and oh, and of course I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we spent a lot of time together traveling and stuff like that. Well, that and also the fact that I looked at you guys and told you, okay, here's problem A. Yeah, you were very How do we solve open it? on yeah. the other side of it. So right. it was a very like I oh. made them think, I made both you and your brother uh, go through the problems yeah. and say, how do we solve this? How, how are we going to do it's this? It's like you didn't know how to solve it. And then you're like, okay, like, let me ask the kids. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> yeah. You, you you did. You you literally told me how to solve some issues. It was, it's Robert's funny. really good about it nowadays, especially, well, yeah, too. Well, like right now, you know, you guys, you have to understand this. Christine will go to me. And say, Mom, can I do something? And then she'll say to me, Oh, and by the way, I already asked Robert about it. And he said, okay. So yeah. she always asks her brother my, first. Yeah, because my mom puts a lot of trust in my brother. Because he's level-headed. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're more abrupt. I'm, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> yes. she's She goes beyond the, the reality stuff. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I always ask... Robert and say, well, what do you think? Your sister wants to do this. And it, there are times Robert's going to say to me, Mom, you're the mother. I go, oh, I know. I forgot. But I can't make that decision. Can you make it for me? You know? And so yeah. Robert will sit there and we'll... You put a lot of trust in us as much as, obviously, we put into you. So. Right. I do. And, and I did. And I still do. But the point is that if you don't trust your loved ones, then... It's not gonna work because it has then to the be a burden, two-way street. Yeah, it, it the burden is on you so much. Um, you have to, you can't always make the decision. You have to give other people a chance to give their input. Now, I make the final decision. Yeah. Yes, I do. And I, I will say, she makes it sound like okay, we're all equals, like we're all besties, basically. But my mom is still a very intimidating mom. You have to know the right time. And my friends know this too. I'm like, okay, I got to wait for the right time to ask her this. I got to make sure that I know I have all my ducks in a row before I ask. So as much as she says that, okay, it's a two-way street, all this stuff, there is that still like dynamic where it's a scary parent type vibe. So No, and, and it's only because of the fact that I'm one of the, one of those parents that if you come up to me and say, Mom, I want something, then you better have all your facts in a row. Mm-hmm. You better have why do you want it? How do you want it? How long will it be? How much will it be? I'm one of those people that looks at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have the whole picture and it's the wish you want, well, because she said so, and because my friend's doing it, and because I want it, because it's a fad, Christine. You know, <laughs> when if she comes up with this half, you know, story half and saying, you know, and, and, well, I don't know yet. And I don't, I said, well, you know what? This is young Christine. I come now prepared with exactly what I need. Only because you go to your brother first. Yes. And we, your brother, we come together and yes. we... Come as a team. Yeah, I know. And not 90% of the time, if it's a together thing and if it's something that makes sense and Robert says it's okay, then yes, I actually agree to it. However, there are times where even though they both say yes, 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 I still say no. And that's my parent parental right. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is when I say no because because you've obviously had a lot of experience in exactly. life. Exactly. You know, it's funny. It well, down to no, this. no. You you know what's funny? My coworker, a young young man that works in my dealership, said to me the other day, "Mama Jay, you know, I guess he heard me talking to you and saying no to you for something or whatever, and because we're very close, we all talk about our, all our kids, but on, on the older ones that is that have kids, um, they say, why are you, why are you so strict on your children, and why do you worry so much?" Yes, my mom's a worrier. Yes, I worry when there's nothing to worry about. I'm worried that there's nothing to worry about. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but no, uh, I told my answer to that was I worry because I don't want them to do what I did. Oh. <laughs> Which, at some point, we need to make the same mistakes, and no, we no, need no, to no. make mistakes if on I our own. If I can prevent. Yeah. Some of the things that I've done, oh my God, I I would never want you to do what oh I did boy. on some of these things, which you will never be known to anyone oh what gosh. they are. However, I was not an angel, but I was not a very bad girl either. And I've taken some risks and, and I don't even know how the heck I survived it. And, uh, and I, I don't want to put you kids in that situation. Oh so... All right, so let's wrap up the pod for this week. I feel like it was very insightful. My mom can go on for hours and hours about how all the things that she's learned. She loves her job, obviously, and she's learned a lot in her 20s and just in life in general. So do you want to leave the podcast, our listeners, with one piece of advice before we leave? Yeah, I'd like you to... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, the main thing I want you to do is remember a couple of few things. One, information is a powerful thing. Never give out information unless you absolutely have to and only give out the information you must give. Number two, be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with with everything in any way shape or form that you you do the things that you do be proud of what you do love what you do and wake up every morning and say i was the best yesterday i am the best today and i will always be the best if you wake up with that attitude you will do well in life trust me on that because i'm 60 years old and i am loving life the only thing I don't love about my life is the fact that Christine's going away Aww. out of Atlanta and my son's going away and I'm going to be kidless. I may enjoy that for the first two months. After that, I'm going to go crazy. because well, I kind of already started going crazy with Robert being gone. I know, I know, I know. But like I said, reputation is very, very important. You can only earn it. You cannot buy it. Mm. All right? Treat everybody evenly fairly yeah. doesn't matter what they look like just make sure treat everyone equally, no treat everyone equally like. and respectfully yes that's more important you know you you may not you may not like someone you, they may be rude to you but if you treat them with respect they will always always feel bad and come back respectful they have to mm-hmm. because even the young ones i call everybody sir and ma'am always I always do. And that seems to bring their flag down or, or bring their guard, atti- down. guard down or attitude down. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And never be afraid to try anything new. You guys have no ideas how many times 
I run to my bathroom, which obviously because I'm the only female manager, I'm the only one that can run into that bathroom, and I cry my eyes out, literally mm. in tears. And then I say to myself, okay, I can't let the boys see me crying, you know? Gotta get up and... I get up and get going. Mm -hmm. Because there are times they chew my ass out for something because I made a mistake. But you know what? You gotta keep your head high and keep going. Mm -hmm. So, think outside the box. Well, that was an incredible episode. I will be listening to it over again when I'm feeling down or unmotivated. I feel like it was very motivational. So... If you guys want to hear more from Mama J, let us know, and we will definitely have her on for another episode. But with that, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sunday Glow Pod. Check out our favorites and stay up to date on all things Sunday Glow on SundayGlowPod.com, and we'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye.